Welcome to This Was Our Youth. I'm Matt Pullman. And I'm Jonathan Emerson. And this is a 90s nostalgia podcast. Today, on our very first episode, Woo! we are talking about the Mighty, Mighty Morphin, Morphin Power, Power Rangers. Rangers. Yes, the OG season. <laughs> go, go, John and Matt. Uh, so, John, what was your history with the Power Rangers? And for the sake of this conversation, um, we're talking about the original OG series that aired from 1993 to 1995. There have been numerous, numerous spin-offs, um, adaptations, new series. Uh, we're not going to be focused on those because we could do an entire podcast series about that. Yep. Um, so this <laughs> is about the OG original first two seasons. Okay, so I can't talk about Mystic Force. Got it. Uh, <laughs> you can, but we are not going to dwell. Okie dokie. So uh, the, I, I was with the first season uh, from the very beginning. So it was uh, it was released in 1993, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. So I would have been in fifth grade. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure I just aged myself hardcore. Um, and yeah, I, I, I was there from the beginning. It was a uh, so for a um, not out of the closet, very um, uh, very theatrical, but very martial arts focused kid, it was ki- it kind of checked every single box for me. Uh, you had uh, real martial artists uh, and gymnasts and and one uh, kung fu expert uh, in, in a cast full of teenagers. Uh, super colorful costuming, uh, super theatrical. Uh, looking back, almost drag queen uh, in nature, enemies. <laughs> which we'll get into um but uh but yeah it was a it was a big part of my fifth grade and i want to say I, th- I probably watched it till like sixth maybe seventh grade okay cool so i guess i'm similar so i remember my history about the show was this show aired on weekday mornings and i think it was either at the 7 a.m slot or the 7 30 a.m slot or 8 a.m. it was right after was it ducktales or was it um uh rescue rangers I think that DuckTales and Rescue Rangers are part of the Disney afternoon. Oh, I think those were after okay. school shows, but you're not far off. So There's how, something that was like right before. So how I, I got into it, at least uh, in my market, <clears throat> excuse me, was that I would, I was getting ready for school and I would watch Garfield and Friends from 7 to 7.30. Okay. And I believe that Power Rangers aired in the 7.30 slot because how I got into the show, I was not actively looking to get into the show it's just i remember watching garfield okay and then power rangers just kind of happened right after garfield Mm -hmm. and i would be leaving the show on as i was getting ready for school and that's how i kind of got into it so when it first came out i it was kind of just background noise for me and it became this really big global sensation and I think for the first few months, it was maybe it was almost like Stockholm Syndrome, where it was just playing in the background. And then it was kind of like, eh, this is just a thing that's on TV. And, you know, this is 1993. So we had cable, but having cable meant we had 30 channels. Right, which right. Which felt like a lot. So for a kid getting ready for school, there was not a lot of content. Yeah, I remember I I was um I was a crossing guard. I was a school crossing guard because back back in the day that was something they had the kids do. Wait, you directed traffic? Yeah, no. Uh, Wait, what? <laughs> I I know this had to be part of the story. So the reason <laughs> oh. I was watching Power Rangers uh, in its time slot back then was I had to wake up. Our school started a little later than than a lot of schools. Um, so I had to wake up what I consider to be super early because I had volunteered to be a school crossing guard. Did you not 
grader. like yourself? Why I, would you do this? Uh, be, well, I was also trying to be, like, I was a, a bit of an overachiever, I guess, even back then. Like, I wanted to be in student council. I wanted to be, um, you know, a fifth, sixth grade uh, crossing guard. Like, that was uh, a, a big thing at at, at uh, Laird Avenue Elementary. Did you go to a Montessori school? No, like no. But the thing is, like, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that they only had kid crossing guards because... Um, there were like uh, 0.0% cars ever near our school. Like it, it was a very, it wasn't, it was, we lived in a city at the time, but it was just a very, very quiet street um, near, near Laird Avenue and, uh, and Bonnie Bray, which is the street that I was on. So uh, I would literally okay, be don't, getting, let's hope no one doxes you, but that's okay. <laughs> well, what, like me in the past? Or yes. <laughs> like a time travel? Time travel, sure. <laughs> Anyway, if you, if someone tries to terminate you. So anyway, the other kid that I was a crossing guard with, uh, who is still one of my Facebook friends, uh, Jeff, um, we, we were crossing guards together, and that was what we did. There was no traffic to actually direct. We just stood there. So uh, was so it like we, a waiting for Gato situation? It was like, it was, just... like um, it was like a responsibility building exercise, I think, um, that didn't require very much actual work. <laughs> but we but talked is, about Power Rangers. I was about to say, how does this relate to Power Rangers? So uh, oh, we, okay. yeah, there I watched go. it every day before going to be a crossing guard, and then we would talk about Power Rangers. Jeff was a gymnast, I was a martial artist, and that oh, was, yeah. Oh, okay. So it was kind of like a water cooler conversation. Among, for, among fifth graders. For yeah. fifth graders. Okay, sure. Yeah, so I think eventually the show was on so much, and it was kind of part of the whole global subconscious, that I started to realize, like, oh, this is something I actually enjoy. So I became a quote-unquote fan, but... If you were in fifth grade, mm-hmm. I think I was in fourth grade. Right. Because I mean, you were younger. But I remember that, so I was 11 or 12, which is actually prime age for Power Rangers. Oh, like, yeah. I'm probably the, I was probably the target audience, but I felt really embarrassed about liking the show. Oh, really? Because I went to a, a stupid, snooty, um, kind of bougie uh, public school. And it was at that age where kids were getting into fashion and... It was it was cool to like the NBA. It was cool to like like adult music, like to have Alanis Morissette or Michael Jackson or like Dave Matthews Band CDs. Right. Like that's what the cool kids were into. It was that that transition age where like was it the time of Hammer Pants? No, this was post Hammer oh, Pants. Hammer okay. Pants is like nineteen ninety one. That is such a specific window <laughs> of our time because I did have ha- Hammer Pants, but um, I believe. And <laughs> MC Hammer was very broke at the oh, time. Oh, okay, gotcha. He had, he had to sell his mansion um, and all his horses and all his cars. Um, there's a quote, I think it's from Family Guy or The Cleveland Show, where a character is saying, if if the first half of the MC Hammer documentary taught me anything, it's that the money never stops coming. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh my god, there's so many detours in the first seven minutes. Um, So basically, I was kind of embarrassed. Like, I was a closet Power Rangers fanatic. So wait, like like Harry Potter, you were ahead of your time on Power Rangers too. I was! Oh my goodness. Oh, Harry Potter, there's another thing that's made made the loop. So I was was reading those books in high school before it was cool. And then it became cool when I was in college. And now, because of... Right. Because we veered into a dark timeline around yeah, the no, way. Yeah, uh-huh. yep. we're back. That's what happened. We're back to not that not being super great for a lot of reasons. But we're going to talk about happy things. And happy things are Power Rangers. So I did I did have the toys. I did have some of the plastic swords. I had the video game. Okay. Um, we're we're going to talk more about the movie later. Uh, but yeah, I, I was really I was really into it. I was, And I stuck around for the OG run because 
there was three seasons of Power Rangers, and then it became Power Rangers Zio. So Zio was that Ninja before or after Ninja Force? It was before. Okay. So Zio was the next iteration okay. of the show, and by then I was like maybe in eighth grade, and that's when my interest had matured, and I was into other things. And I don't think it's ever left the airways. I think there's always been some iteration of the Power Rangers in some form, there's right? Dino Thunder, there's Turbo, there's Mister, there's all these off brands. But maybe a user will correct me, but I don't believe that we've ever since '93, so almost 30 years, we, we've we've had the Power Rangers in our lives. So b- before we talk about the other iterations, let's talk about the show, how it came to be. So I have a little bit of history sure. of the show. The history that I have is from Wikipedia, as one is wont to do. But there's also a documentary series on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us. Okay. And there is an episode all about Power Rangers, um, mostly the merchandising, the toys. So I got a lot of information from that episode. So I would encourage um, listeners, if you want to know more about the history, that's a really great resource. So basically, the Power Ranger show was created by a man called Hayam Saban, who was a music producer. Uh, the, the legend goes he was in Japan and he was there for business and he turned on TV and he saw this show called the Super Sentai Warriors. Okay. And what Super Sentai was, was this um, live action children's show in the 70s and 80s. Um, that's basically proto Power Rangers with heroes in spandex uniforms <laughs> by fighting space aliens or fantastical monsters. Which ties to a ton of anime in the uh, in the Japanese world. Um, you know, basically the entire Gundam uh, series. They're very, very similar in nature where you have teenagers pairing up with uh, robots and fighting either other robots or monsters. So, right. Yeah. Um, so legend has it, according to Wikipedia, in 1985, he shot a pilot. It was called Bioman, based on Shudodensi Bioman, which is a Japanese show, one of these Sentai series, and it was rejected. Um, he stuck with his idea. He thought it was great. So in 1992, he pitched the idea to Fox, and Fox loved it. So how the show was produced is that they cast, uh, American actors they shot the scenes with the actors, you know, out of costume. But the majority of the, se- uh, the scenes where the Rangers are in costume fighting, um, that is not original footage. So that is stock footage. So they were rehashing this stock footage from the 70s and 80s and splicing it with live action scenes. And so creating this episode. So it's kind of an ingenious business idea is that they didn't have to go out and shoot a ton of new material. They were basically just shooting half of an episode. Um, and then every time there's a new iteration of the Rangers, like the Rangers get new Zords, right. the Rangers get new outfits. These are all separate Super Sentai series that are not connected to each other at all. Right. So in Japan, <laughs> this is a subgenre called the Sentai Warriors, mm-hmm. but all these series are not connected. They're all separately produced, but they're all the same thing. So when the Rangers had to change outfits and Zord in season two, it's because they ran out of stock there footage. There was no more and stock. Now it's new stock footage. <laughs> when they got the for the movie, you know, they got the new Zords that were like the tiger and the bear. New right. Footage when they became the Zeo Rangers and their whole entire outfits changed. It's a different episode. Back so to new stock footage. It's, right? it's a lesson in capitalism and <laughs> business that you know, if you, like RuPaul says, if you want an idea you know you steal it don't don't you you ain't gonna reinvent the wheel don't reinvent the wheel the wheel's just fine (laughs) um so this show debuted in august of 1993 so i guess i was going in 
to fourth grade. If you're okay. going into fifth grade, yep. that math kind of sounds okay, but I don't, I don't want to give away the year of my birth, but let's just say we were born in years where that was possible and we were not held back. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about what was happening in America in 1993. Here's just some fun facts. Okay. So on August 10th, this is all in August 1993, so the month that Power Rangers debuted, this is what was happening in the country. Um, August 10th, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is sworn in as a U.S. Supreme Court Justice. On August 11th, the Red Sox, Roger Clemens, pitches his 2,000th strikeout against... Sporty hoops. Yeah. And August 13th, the U.S. Court of Appeals ruled that Congress must save all of their emails. <laughs> that won't come back. No. That won't come back in the year 2016. <laughs> no one will be talking about that. Um, and also, in August 30th, the Late Show with David Letterman debuts... Um, live from the Ed Sullivan Theater in New York City, uh, NYC, Bill Murray is his first guest, and Billy Joel performs as the musical guest. So a lot going in, um, going on in our culture in 1993. Uh, so what what are your memories about the OG season? Like we 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 watched two episodes. Okay. Um, just yep. to refresh our memory, we watched Day of the Dumpster, mm -hmm. and then we we watched the episode where. Fast forward where the white, the Green Ranger becomes, becomes the White, the white Ranger. Ranger. So what, what what are your memories? I mean, okay, so uh, I, I think my favorite thing about the first season, um, and it's probably cliche if I'm being honest, but um, the entire um, Green Ranger uh, arc slash mm -hmm. redemption arc, I think, really mm -hmm. defined the first season. Totally. I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, again, like, uh, you know... Uh, I, looking back, I'm like I was, uh, I was uh, quite. Uh, everyone seemed to know I was gay, but me at the time. But um, uh, in fifth grade, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, around there, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I remember distinctly. I really, really liked the Green Ranger. Uh, Tommy yeah. was the awesomest character they had like uh, come in so far. It was really great um, that he uh, green was my favorite color. Uh, so that let's just throw that out there, and then uh, top it all off with he would transform into. He would morph into a ranger. Uh, he would pull out this um, amazing sword slash uh, magic flute that summoned a dragon. It was the awesomest thing for for young me at the at the time. Um, it was he was definitely the coolest out of all the rangers. Not to mention like the the my favorite color. Um, and I also loved, you know, it was one of those things where he started out as a, ba as a bad guy. You know, he was a kid under a spell. Yes, he was possessed by, by Rita, Rita Repulsa. He was a plant. Yeah, so, um, you know, they, they did a lot of, there's a lot of, actually, there's a lot of similar, um, so this arc reminds me a lot of the, some of the faith arcs in Buffy, if you want to, okay. yeah, yeah, there's, there's I, some I parallels there. Um, you know, but he was kind of a plant, or he was a plant, and he was a spy for a while, um, but then, like, they, they break the sword of darkness, uh, and he's just a, a kid, you know, with, with these powers, and they just accept him, you know, like, as soon as he's on, like, as soon as the problem is solved, like, they, they accept him to their ranks. And they and... forgive him, because they recognize, you know, it's Rita. What also, are you going to do? Also, you know, going back to the martial arts side of things, which is always one of the things that um, I loved about this show, um, you get to watch the the different distinct martial arts styles. Um, you know, in, in particular, the Yellow Ranger um, you know, was a was a classical uh, kung fu martial artist, Wing Chun, I believe. Um, you know, you've got Jason, who was a black belt in Taekwondo. Um, and then you have uh, Tommy's character, uh, who in real life studied several martial arts, including Shotokan, uh, Judo, uh, Jeet Kune Do, I believe, uh, and several others. Yeah, we're going to talk about the cast and their characters um, in a bit. Um, 
So I think what I was attracted to the show is very simply, I think I looked at it from a different lens because I was not a martial artist or a martial art fan, fan but um, one, it was very colorful. Oh, very like, colorful. Kids like colors. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> like, it's a rainbow of colors. It's different. You know, it's dinosaurs. Kids love dinosaurs. Right. Um, teenagers that, I mean, they were all in their 20s, but they <laughs> felt close to my age. Yeah. Um, so I related to that. Um, I did like the idea that, you know, these were not in quote unquote dorky kids, but kind of kids on the outside the they they weren't the popular kids. Right. They, they they had a friendship group and you know, they what bonded them, you know, they had a shared secret, a shared mission. Um, so they couldn't ever it's kinda like it's the Buffy thing, it's the Clark Kent thing. Um And they each had Peter, their similar it's skills. Peter sets. Parker. Yeah. Uh, they these characters interact in society, but they can never fully you know, be mainstream. They can sure. never be the popular kid, the prom queen, you know, the CEO, because they have this secret identity. Um, in terms of characters, I think I'm the opposite. I liked Billy and Kimberly. Okay. The best. Um, the gymnasts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess because I, I, I was a closeted queer kid. So I really liked that there were female characters. Oh, yeah. Even though there's two, there's three, three, then later four boys. It's not a balance, but you take what you can get, you know, and sure. the, at least the female characters in Power Rangers are equal to the men. Yep. Kimberly and Trini don't sit around and wait to get saved. No, you know, they are that's not never victims. They're not damsels. They are on equal footing. Mm-hmm. Like their Zords are the same power. They have the same power. Like they're they're the same rank in this, you know, squad. So I really thought that was cool and they was they were never treated. And none of the storylines uh, story were ever about them kind of being they, It was always treated. them fighting as one unit. Exactly. Right? I mean, I also really appreciated, um, you actually just touched on this, but each of the different folks had their own. It's almost like the, the morphing grid. Um, it didn't just grant superpowers, right? It took what was great about somebody, you know, whether they were an ex- excellent gymnast or an excellent martial artist or, uh, you know, uh, combine uh, his gymnast skills with um, uh, Billy's brains, you know, and, and, the, and it would enhance that. So it's like taking what's good about you and making it great, you know. Exactly. Uh, so let's go, let's talk about the characters and the actors. So we're going to start with the Red Ranger. Mm-hmm. So the Red Ranger was played by Jason Lee Scott. I want to say Jason Scott Lee, but that's just <laughs> in my head. So he's the first Ranger and he is the team's leader. And then later he's the second in command when I think Tommy becomes the team leader. So he is the Red Ranger. Um, originally he controls the Tyrannosaurus dinosaur, mm-hmm. and then when they get new swords, he becomes the Red Dragon, and he was played by an actor named Austin St. John. Um, so what I read about him, so actually Austin St. John was the youngest of all the cast, so he oh, was okay. actually only 18 when he got cast. Um, he actually reprised his role as Jason in a 2020 episode of Power Rangers Beast Morphers. Okay. Um, He was one of the three who actually left the show in the second season. So to talk about the production, what I read is that this was a non-union show for the actors. So these actors were not part of SAG-AFTRA. So if you're not familiar with those terms, SAG-AFTRA is the Professional On-Screen Actors Union. Um, so these actors were not part of a union, which means they, they couldn't get um, a, you know the base They weren't union being paid rate, scale. And right. they, they weren't being paid scale. They weren't being paid overtime. They weren't insured. They were paid a base salary of $600 a week. And that 600 did not include any overtime for when they shot late. And that 600 
um, included all personal appearance fees. So the live. Oh my gosh. So they were. So signing autographs, appearing in costume. Exactly. They were not, allegedly they were not getting paid any extra for that. Um, it was funny. If you go to David Yost's Instagram, David Yost played the Blue Ranger. One of his pictures is of the original casting flyer. Oh, right. That he responded to. So I guess, you know, this is pre-internet. There were flyers up in the LA area that says we are casting a comical science fiction show and we are looking for teenagers and people in their 20s um, who have athletic abilities. So it was a big open call that apparently thousands of people showed up to mm. and that's how they cast it. But in the second season, the actors who played the red, yellow, and black ranger were tired of getting underpaid. So they tried to negotiate for more money and that did not work out. So that is why those characters left. So not great on the production side. I believe now, and probably for many, many years, the show is SAG. So the actors are being compensated right. fairly, but they were not at the time. I mean, pretty much everything these days that goes into production is almost required to be, uh, you know, SAG after us. So. Exactly. Um, so a little bit more about this actor. So after he left the show, he had... A variety of jobs. He was a paramedic in Washington, D.C. He worked with the U.S. military as a healthcare provider, although he was not an active member of the force. Oh, okay. Um, he has two sons and a daughter. He has made news recently in May 22 for not positive things, and I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want to drag We're him down. We're going to keep it happy. But it's COVID-related, and you can Google it, but yeah, uh, not great. Uh so in terms of the character of the Red Ranger, I don't, I kind of remember him having, I don't want to say the least personality, but right. he was written as kind of the most, I guess, bland hero type. I don't, I don't remember a so, lot about, you know, what makes, what makes Jason tick. If I'm, if I'm looking back on the Rangers that, um, you know, because again, I was, uh, I was into the martial arts, so um, he would have been the first one I gravitated to. But in my memory now, the the characters, the actual characters they created that I found to be the most interesting, you know, uh, J Jason, they kind of he was a martial artist and a martial arts teacher, so they let him play that as a role. And it wasn't terror. It was kind of bland. Uh, Zach Taylor, uh, <laughs> the Black Ranger with Hip Hop Keto, mm -hmm. that stands out as a memory. I love that. He was a dancer that turned it into a martial arts. Um, and I also thought uh, Billy and Kimberly had amazing, like, character development. Yeah, let's go. Let's talk about next one up is Zach. So... Zachary, quote-unquote Zach Taylor, um, he's the Black Ranger, and he's the original second-in-command. Um, as a Black Ranger, he controlled the Mastodon Dinozord, and then later the uh, Lion Thunderzord. He was portrayed by Walter Emanuel Jones. So, yeah, I think Zach was more of the comic relief. At, he he at had first, a little more spot yeah. to him, yeah. And I, have a, I pulled a quote from Walter Emanuel Jones, um... It says, I was a little disappointed that they changed the characters around a little bit because I wanted Zach to be with his keto because hip-hop keto was a really important element of who I was on Power Rangers. I think if they would have added that, then there would have been some parkour and there could have been so many other elements to the character that it would have been awesome. Um, so Is he what, talking about the new movie? He's talking about, yes, the new... The, in, one, in the 2000, 2017? Exactly. Sorry okay. for not um, providing that context. So what is hip-hop keto? Explain that, because <laughs> I, I still don't know if I can understand. Okay, so, so basically, um, 
for all intents, as I understand it, and I don't want to misspeak, there there are a lot of different martial arts that incorporate dance, um, namely uh, Brazilian capoeira. Um, you know, is the most notable for it. So this could definitely be uh, elements of that. But hip hop keto uh, combines uh, two words, uh, two phrases: hip hop, which is a dance and music style, and keto, which I believe is short for aikido, uh, which is a Japanese martial art. Um, it, there's several different foundational Japanese martial arts. It's one of them. Uh, aikido is uh, mostly a defensive only style, uh, where you're redirecting force. Uh, somebody tries to punch you, you throw them. Uh, is, is really at a simple level. So combine dance movement with uh, Aikido defensive. Um, in the show, he also trained under Jason, so he was using uh, Shotokan and Taekwondo kicks. Um, but for to answer your question in a very simple way, uh, he was a hip-hop dancer that, was, um, that studied Aikido, and he combined the two things. Uh, similar to the development of capoeira, uh, they didn't allow the uh, Brazilian uh, peasantry uh, to fight, uh, so they... They incorporated, they were allowed to dance though, so they incorporated a self-defense style into their dance movements. And it has become one of the most uh, acrobatic and, and it's a very effective uh, martial arts style. Cool. All right, let's go on to Billy. <laughs> so Billy was my favorite. So Billy was a Blue Ranger and the Blue Ninja Ranger. So, and he was played by David Yost. David Yost has the distinction of being the longest running cast member mm -hmm. of the original Core 5. Eventually he becomes second in command once Jason... Zach and Trini leave. Um, he, and later, I think what happens, I didn't watch this, but he retires his power coin and then he takes on a more supporting role to the Rangers. He becomes like an alpha. I was going to say he's like alpha three. Yeah, sure. There you go. Um, as a Blue Ranger, he controlled the Triceratops Dinosaur, the Unicron Thunderzord, and the Wolf Ninja Zord, and the Wolf Headed Blue Shogun Zord. That's a lot of stuff. So um, many Zords. Yeah, so Billy, again, and Billy is the quote unquote nerd of the group because he wears glasses and he <laughs> likes books. And I think, so David Yost was a gymnast. Right. That's how we got the heart. The other two actors had, that we talked about, had martial, some sort of martial background. So in the episodes we saw, you know, Billy is learning martial arts from Jason. Right. But in his fighting style, he does use acrobatics. You see that in the movie. He can tumble. Mm -hmm. He can do backflips. So he incorporates the, those type of movements into his fighting. Um, David Yost, as an actor, um, there's a lot of information um, about him online. He's very active on Instagram. There's been a lot of interviews um, that I'll link to. Uh, he later came out of the closet as gay in 2010. Um, he was also very vocal about that he felt that, you know, while he was working on the show, that he was being harassed by the crew members and then... You know, he got called the F word and this was very traumatic for him. So that this is why he left the show. After he left the show, he says that, you know, he actually tried conversion therapy and oh, yeah. that was very oh. traumatic. And then late, later he ended up, you know, accepting himself, accepting his sexuality. Um, but if you look him up now, he seems to have a very positive um affiliation with the show he attends the cons he actually now shares a lot of happy memories so right I, he's I think very well loved right now yeah like, he is and I, so I, I think it's like everything in life where there was probably a lot of happy memories and probably a lot of not happy memories but if you look at him on instagram he does a lot of q a's with fans so he, he seems to have embraced the show and 
really um, accepts what it means to to all of his fans. He co-runs a clothing company called Affirmative Clothing. Okay. And they do... It's it's clothing that has Power Rangers insignia that's also matched with, like, Pride. Um, I ordered something from this. I'm going <laughs> to say I ordered it uh, about a month ago. It has not yeah. arrived yet. I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm not knocking small business. I know... The world we live on, it takes a while, yeah. but I'm very, I'm very excited for my shirt to I arrive. Wanna, I hope we can photograph you well, like, for this. I'm going to put it on our Instagram. Absolutely. Um, I would love to interview David Yost for this podcast. Um, if you're listening, amazing. David, we'd love to talk to you. But yeah, and in terms of Billy, what, what rewatching the show in, in the movie now, what is so funny about Billy is that David Yost is and was a gorgeous man. Very right. attractive. Oh, yeah, But it's absolutely. one of those, like, he wears glasses, so oh. he's the nerd. Well, it's like the Eugene syndrome from uh, from Greece. You know, they always, like, it, it's usually played by somebody who's as attractive as anyone else, but they pop glasses on him and a geeky shirt, and all of a sudden he's supposed to be some, you know, like, nerd stereotype. I don't know if you're secondhand complimenting me because I, I, am. I was Eugene in Matt Greece, played but, Eugene back yeah. in the day. I don't like to drop my credit. But but yeah, but no, but also Billy, he's also ripped. Like he has huge biceps, but because he wears glasses. And I believe in the original season, there was a runner where Billy had a crush on Kimberly, but Kimberly was with Tommy. And it was kind of an unrequited thing where it's like, we're just friends, Billy. Because, you know, the nerd in those situations never really got the girl. Uh, Let's move on to the Yellow Ranger. The Yellow Ranger is... Uh, named Trini Kwan. She was played by an actress named Tui Trang. I believe that's how you, they pronounce her, her name. I watched several interviews, so I believe it's it's spelled T-H-E-Y, pronounced Tui. Um, if I am mispronouncing that, I am so, so sorry. Please correct me. Um, as the Yellow Ranger, she controlled the saber-toothed tiger dinosaur and the griffin thunderzord. Um, so I feel like Trini and Kimberly, they they're just kind of the girls, like, a lot of times they just kind of share those kind of plot lines where I think where, as Kimberly was always kind of maybe in a love triangle with Billy. Um, Jason or and Tommy. Jason, yeah, where I think Trini was a little more independent. So Trini right. was a martial artist, whereas Kimberly was the acrobat or were the gymnast. And Trini also, I think, was Billy's BFN. BFF and Trini was like the smart girl, whereas mm-hmm. Billy was a smart boy. So a lot of episodes where Billy has to go do like a science thing, like in the episode we saw where Billy has to go fix a thing. Right. It's Trini who helps him too. So Trini was yeah. like the smart girl, whereas Kimberly was Kimberly was smart too, but Kimberly was more uh, the social butterfly. More of the Buffy cheerleader style fighter, you know, or the, um, without the, su- without, well, <laughs> with some superpowers, but definitely not Buffy level strength. Um, but yeah, I-, I always thought that was an interesting parallel for, um, for Trini, uh, you know, sort of jumping back and forth between, you know, she, uh, was, probably one of the more advanced martial artists, uh, in, like in real life in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, I, I think she studied Wing Chun. Um, yeah, so I have some info. She had a really interesting background. Um, so in 1979, when she was five, her family boarded a cargo ship bound for Hong Kong. The trip lasted eight or nine months. At least four people died. She oh went long God. periods of time without eating. People thought that they were dead. Her mother had to force food down her throat. Uh, the other passengers wanted her mom to throw her overboard oh my God. to make room for other people on the sit on the ship. Um, eventually, her family arrived, arrived healthy. They arrived to California. 
um, and lived in Fountain Valley, California. Um, she didn't speak any English when she arrived in the United States. She had to learn English here. Um, but she was a student of Shaolin Kung Fu. Oh, Shaolin, okay. And then she got her black belt. Nice. Um, this is her quote about Kung Fu. Um, it's really good because it builds a lot of character and it makes me stronger as a person, especially going through all the stuff I went through coming over here to America. It just teaches me a lot about who I am, about respect, discipline, patience, and perseverance, and endurance. Um, unfortunately, uh, she passed away in 2001. Right. She was in a horrific car accident. Um, the actress who plays Trini in the reboot movie, the 2017, wears a t-shirt and it says 1973. And that Aww. 1973 is a tribute to Tweed Trang, who was born oh, in 1973. Wow. I uh, also really, I know we're not talking about the movie, but I really love what they did with that character in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they made her, you know, one of the, uh, she was, uh, out and, uh, was sort of in the closet, then out of the closet and, uh, uh, how they handle, uh, we will do an entire podcast on the movie at some point, uh, the, on the reboot, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, I just, I love the, the arc they made for the character in that new movie. Yeah. They made her closeted queer and part of that identity. Um, it wasn't really outwardly stated, but she, she implies that she is, uh, Kimberly Hart is the pink ranger, um, she controls the pterodactyl dinosaur. She controls the firebird, the thunder zord. Excuse me, and the crane ninja zord. Um, she was played by Amy Jo Johnson. Um, we talked, so we already talked a little bit about Kimberly. What he, her deal was? Um, Amy Jo Johnson was a gymnast in real life, so that was the skill that she could bring on set. Um, Amy Jo Johnson probably had the most mainstream career post Power Rangers. Right. Um, right after the Power Rangers show, she was in this Disney movie that I saw. It was called Susie Q. And then she was on the show Felicity oh, okay. for a couple of seasons. And then she's still working. She's still doing stuff. She's transitioned into being a uh, director. She's directed like a short film, an indie film. And then I looked her up. She just recently directed a show of... Clark Kent and Lois, or Superman and Lois, the new Superman show that I think is on HBO Max, um, as a director. Okay. So she is still very much involved in entertainment and doing great. Does she do any of the, do you know if she does any of the cons alongside? Um, I think they all do. Yeah. I think they're all that's, still That's super lucrative. Involved. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. From the remaining cast members, whenever they're interviewed, they always have very positive things to say about the show. Oh, yeah. So I don't think this was a show where... Any of the cast is like, I don't want to talk about this. This was in my, in my past. They all seem to have embraced. It doesn't have the any show. of the Save by the Bell, uh, Save by the Bell vibes. With uh, uh, with not everybody being super. Well, I mean, everybody was happy to come back. To there the was reboot, no Dustin but, Diamond. In okay. All right. Um, <laughs> Here we go. I think okay. That, but if you notice in the reboot movie at the very end, actually Amy Jo Johnson and Jason David Frank have cameos. In oh, in the new oh, that's right in the new yeah movie, in the very yeah. end it, they just. Once the town is being destroyed by the monsters, there's a shot of a man and a woman, and it's the original uh, green and pink rangers. So I think they all have, uh, they still support the franchise. Yeah, absolutely. And then finally, we have Thomas, Tommy Oliver, who was the green ranger, and then later the white ranger, and then later the white ninja ranger, and also the team's second leader. So as a green ranger, he controlled the dragon sword. As a white ranger, he controlled the white tiger sword and the falcon sword and the word like white shogun sword. He's played by Jason David Frank. So I, I feel like Tommy, he's not in the original season one. I think he comes in halfway through the season and he kind of takes over as the de facto, well, he is the leader, but also like the lead character. Right. I feel like he kind of 
pushes Jason aside. Not literally, but I feel like the writers could see that he was getting probably a better fan reaction. Right. And he kind of becomes the quote-unquote lead of the show and the lead. It's a slightly strong, like a a stronger performer, or at least, you know, in terms of the writing that he was given, there was a lot more to play with as an actor too. Um, You know, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, um, can, can we also talk about the archetype that Tommy fits for the time? Now, some of this isn't going to be your wheelhouse, but his look at the time was also extremely popular. My dad rocked that ponytail look. You're talking about look. that short uh, yeah. ponytail? Yeah, my dad rocked that ponytail look. Uh, Adrian Paul, uh, who was doing Highlander, the series at the time, very, very uh, rocked that look. Um, you know, so that was there. Oh, jeez. Uh, um, there was another, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was... Uh, my dad would remember, um, but there was a Remy, oh, I'm not, so the guy rode a motorcycle, it was a series at the time, and he also had that look. Are you talking about Max Caulfield and Renegade? Yes, yes, I think you're uh, talking, I think, I, I think you're hitting it, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't believe you um, knew what that was. <laughs> but yeah, it was Renegade, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that, well, it, it's, we host a 90s pop culture my, podcast. My dad, my, is, my dad is definitely going to um, enjoy this episode. Great. Shout out to Matt Emerson. I hope you're <laughs> enjoying. Uh, yeah, so that's the original show in a nutcase. In a uh, nutcase. <laughs> in a nutcase, yeah. I mean, you know, it's the Five Rangers. There is a transition in the second season where, again, because those three actors left the show they brought in three new characters mm-hmm. um to be those rangers uh let's get back let's talk about the original movie and which okay. i made you watch yes. i think just last week so correct me if i'm wrong that was the first time you had watched that you didn't watch the og movie in the 90s no no that was the first time i saw it okay so what were your impressions oh <laughs> based on, on i'm an actually adult? really glad it's kind of like disney world for me i didn't go to disney world as a kid i experienced it for the first time as an adult and um i <laughs> i i just i wonder what i would have thought as a kid um but as an adult it was almost like it was written um like like rupaul could have been one of the producers i i don't know like it was very campy it was very campy, it was yeah. high level camp ivan ooze um has elements of like divine um just this like super super flashy uh purple sorcerer i mean come on uh, right so i actually i have i saw the og movie when it was in theaters and i haven't watched it since the 90s and in my memory I actually had a lot of positive associations what i did like what i remember about the movie is they do elevate the look of it there's a bigger budget so the costumes have a little more pristine to them the, the they, effects they have, were like, really good too armors. Yeah. yeah they actually you could tell they were shooting on locations not everything was a soundstage um two things that I want to bring up. Uh, I did have the Power Rangers, the movie soundtrack. Okay. And that is where I learned, no joke, this is how I learned about the bands Aerosmith, Devo, and... What's the other one? What is the other one? Oh my goodness. Who is Valerie Burtonelli? Who is Valerie Bertinelli married to? Wait, um, this Van is... Halen. Van Halen. Okay, Sorry. all right. That was Sorry. your first. Experience that's how with... I got. That's how I see. That how was I got your to first Van... connection to Van Halen. Yeah, I was twelve. <laughs> I was twelve. I lived in. Oh come on! When did you learn about Van Halen? My I... dad was all over that. Well, I'm great. <laughs> I'm I'm great, and I'm happy for you. But I, I... so the movie opens, um, with the teenagers for no plot purpose at all. <laughs> Going skydiving to 
an Aerosmith song. I oh, forget what it's right. called. Keep oh. on. Uh, what is, I had. I think I have this. Keep here. on trying. No. Uh, I'm gonna pull it up here. Do, do, do. Where is the song list? I do remember this. It's higher. No, sorry, sorry. Not that. It's Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, oh. Higher ground. Oh my god. Burn, burn. Okay. Yeah. Keep on. Burn, burn. And they were skydiving. Burn. It looked like for no apparent reason. Yeah, that's nothing to do with the plot. Fun. It was yeah. But but this soundtrack had so many good needle drops that. Oh yeah. It, it, I feel like they spent. Uh, all their money on these music rights than actually paying these actors. Um, but it also ends with the Power Rangers watching a fireworks show listening to the song Dreams by Van Halen. <laughs> oh my god. So that's how I learned about this music. Um, well, Saban was a music producer, right? Like he I, was. I think, there you go. I think the music, I'm glad they chose iconic music for the movie. I think the music. I think the music for the show itself, even though it's extremely simple, is also super 90s iconic. I I mean, like, when we watched the reboot movie in 2017, there were cheers in the audience when they finally played a snippet of... That theme song was great. That theme song was great. (laughs) No, it's great. Um, Going back to the movie, how it was very campy. So the villain is Ivan Ooze. And he is so over the top. He's like uh, a John Waters character. So <laughs> no joke, how they find Ivan Ooze is some nutty construction workers unearth a site and they find a giant purple egg <laughs> from which he is hatched. And then because in the 90s, it was Nickelodeon area, everything had to do with slime. Oh, like yeah. In the 90s, we loved our slime. We loved playing with slime. We loved dumping it on celebrities' heads. I think. At- I bet that was like. Because it was a Nickelodeon show at the time, too. No, it was a or, Fox show. It was a Fox show but still? Was, okay. But there, yeah, there was this thing about. We just loved to There dump. was so much slime in that movie. We, we could talk about the psychological implications of that, but I don't. <laughs> I could go blue, but I'm not going. But I don't. So, Ivan Ooze. His name is Ivan Ooze, and he fights people with ooze, with slime. It's a whole thing. Um, there is a port point halfway through where the characters lose their powers they have to go to an island to regain powers and they are met by a very sexy lady <laughs> named miss krista who walks around in a bikini and then later turns into an owl she's like <laughs> athena but for the power rangers she is, and here is some movie trivia so that part was originally played by that actress she got sick they recasted her with the pre-Law & Order SVU Mariska Hargitay. What? Then fired Mariska Hargitay, <laughs> rehired the original actress, and that's who's in the cut. But Mariska Hargitay could have not been Olivia Benson for all eternity. She could have been known as Krista, the bikini-clad <laughs> Power Rangers the, uh, the, superhero. The, the lady who fought off the crows by making whooshing sounds with her staff. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, but and then at the end of the movie, they fight, and it's all CGI. I remember at the time being very impressed by this CGI. Um, this was post-Jurassic Park, maybe Toy Story era, era where that CGI looked cool, but... It kind of looks Shit, to it me does like not a, hold up. It yeah, does not it hold up. It looked like a video game it at the end like to me. It looks like an yeah. Xbox One game <laughs> in, like, 2002. It, it doesn't look up at... I, but I, I love how they were like, let's take this out to space. Sure. <laughs> you know, like, okay. Yeah. And Ivan was his own, like, yeah, so he didn't even call down, like, a monster or whatever. He was just like, I'm just going to be giant now. Let's just fly. Yeah. It was wild. There you go. It, it was a moment in time. <laughs> um, so. 
Oh, that's right. They didn't even like. They couldn't even defeat him. They had to run him into an asteroid. They did. They, you do oh, what you I'm sorry. Do. Spoilers um, from 20 years ago. Spoilers from an almost 30 year old movie that no one liked then. No one likes now. It was a moderate success, according to Wikipedia. So the last thing I want to talk about, because we, we've really run the gamut, is the villains. Okay. So we really haven't talked about the bad guys. The main villain in the OG season is Rita Repulsa, who is kind of like a drag queen personified. And that She's was over the, the stock footage villain, right? I believe, I don't know. I think the vill- I think Rita and Zed were live. Okay. Maybe at one point it was, but I think they did eventually. They well when so they started. I think they started with stock footage Rita. Um, it was kind of an old witchy looking creature. Yeah. And because then, the, it's it's you can tell the voice is dubbed. Yeah. You can tell that her mouth is not matching whatever is coming on screen. So I wonder if that was stock footage and then an English language actress dubbed everything. But I know they shot new scenes like for the movie. Eventually, Rita they recast her. her, so they called. They said that you can she, tell. Like I didn't. They, they said they got her a makeover. So her little dude who creates the putties, yeah. they said gave her a makeover, and now she looks now younger and fresher. Yeah, yeah and that's when I think they, maybe they switched from stock footage Rita to like uh, live Rita. Because I think Rita, yeah, the actress went from like kind of middle aged looking to definitely like twenties. Twenties. Oh yeah, yeah Rita totally. got prettier. Yeah, <laughs> and then and that's when she fell in love with Lord Zed, I, or no, I she say, spelled Lord Zed. No, but Lord right. Zed, no, she marries him. Yeah, she did. Yeah, and later in the series, after we dropped off, they have a kid, which I don't oh, even. I don't want to think about. I learned about that yeah. today. I was like, that is definitely beyond. After I stopped watching. Yeah, I, I will say I thought Lord Zed was generally scary. He is. He kind was of, a little bit. Of, I, well, he's like a dude with his flesh turned inside he, out. He yeah. has a pretty Kruger Kruger vibe, and I think I did have a nightmare about Lord Zed when I was like twelve. Whereas Rita was kind of over the top, and I think our dog just buried his. Um, I don't interrupt our podcast bone like underneath our pillows. Um, oh, oh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> he can do his thing. Um, <laughs> it's fun trying to re- record a podcast for an hour when you have a very needy dog. Um, <laughs> the last thing that I have for us while we're on the subject is villains. Is it would not be a podcast with John and Matt if I didn't have a quiz for you? Oh, I love it. Okay, all right. So it's very simple. We have five questions. Um, these are all about the villains of Power Rangers. Some of these power uh, villains that we know, they're very silly. They're very campy. They're very over the top. Um, so three of these villains were real in the show. One, I made up. Okay. Your goal is to pick the villain that was not real, the villain that I made up. Okay? okay. Yes. Five questions. So your first group of villains. One, Amphibidor, which is a frog monster. Two... Eye Guy, which is a monster with eyes all around his face. Three, Wolfenstein, who is a werewolf in a bad mood. And then four is Strikeout, which is a baseball monster who throws baseballs at his enemies. Which one was not real? I think it's Wolfenstein. Yes. Yes, that's I've seen all three of the others. I remember. They're all real. The baseball one almost threw me, but I remember that. Yeah, that's that's a real guy. Sure. Real bad guy. All right, next group. One, Frankenstein monster, who is literally just a giant Frankenstein. Two, Robo Goat, who as the name implies is a (laughs) is a robot goat. Three, Magnet Brain, which is just a giant magnet. And four Sharpen user, which is a giant pencil sharpener who sucks in the bad guys and then grinds them up. Sharpen user? Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> you're two for, you're two, for two. Okay. They get harder, I assume. Uh, <laughs> you're doing pretty well. Okay, next group. One, Luscious Locks, 
who is a Rapunzel-like monster with long, braided, dangerous hair, to Krabby Cabby, who is just a pissed-off taxi cab, three, Paludicor, who is a unicorn who loves to litter, (laughs) four, Chunky Chicken, a fat chicken who kidnaps a child in the hopes of hatching a magical egg. Which one is not real? God. Um, Luscious Locks, Krabby Cabby, Politicor, Chunky Chicken. <laughs> Politicor? No! Okay. Politicor is real. Oh there was God. a robot unicorn. Is it the Cabby to... one? No. Wow. Well, That's it... real. The chicken that no. kidnaps children? No, I did. <laughs> the... Luscious Locks. Oh my God. That was the most normal. There you go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Next group. One pudgy pig who is just a big pig. With arms and legs on like a pig head. Two, purse head, which is a giant makeup purse, which has come to life. Three, (laughs) (laughs) they're all so dumb. I can't say it. Three, Senor Boogity, who is a pile of green snot-like substance. Or four, (laughs) some of these are real, I'm not joking. Pachinko head. Who is a giant pachinko machine, like on the Price is Right, that's also a monster. So Pudgy Pig, Purse Head, Senior Boogity, or Pachinko Head, which one is made up? Oh, this is tough. Um, Pachinko Head? No, Pachinko Head is real. (laughs) That's real. Is it the purse? (laughs) No, that's real. There is an episode where Kimberly loses her makeup Oh, and Rita purse. turns it into a monster? Yeah. Okay, all right. I should have known. All right. Pudgy Pig or Senior Boogity? Uh, uh, senior Boogity. Yeah, I okay. made that oh, Okay, I should have go- known. Oh, my God. Okay. All right, well, I got a 50%, which according to most uh, is have, an F. You have one more oh, question. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay, last group. Turkey Jerk, who is a giant turkey. Two, <laughs> Mr. Tickle Sneezer, who is a leprechaun who stores things, shrinks things down to size, and puts them in a magic bottle. Three, Pumpkin Wrapper, who is a giant pumpkin head. And four, Oodles McNoodles, <laughs> who is an evil plate of pasta. <laughs> Oodles McNoodles? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I made that All up. right, all right. I got okay. a 70%. That's a okay. solid C+. All right. Okay. But Mr. Tickle, Tickle Sneezer. Was real? Is okay. real. Okay. So Pumpkin Reaper. I almost fun. thought that. Yeah, but I remembered the leprechaun, which is... And I remembered the... Oh, my God. I remembered the chicken. Or I did... Yeah. Uh, or the turkey. Yeah, yeah. Crazy monsters. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> any final thoughts on the Power Rangers? Uh, no, I just, um, it was one of those, it was one of those iconic, uh, 90s shows, which I, I think, um, you know, I didn't even have to do that much prep for this podcast, actually, just because I remember it so fondly and so distinctly, at least the first couple of seasons. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say it made an impression on young Jonathan. Yeah, me too. Um, for all the weirdness and silliness of the show, right. I, I think it has, more going for it than going against oh, it. Oh, sure. And yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, so thanks so much for listening to our very first episode, and please tune in next week.
Thank you so much for listening to the This Was Our Youth podcast. If you'd like to email us, you can at thiswasouryouth at gmail.com. You can also find us online on both Facebook and Instagram at This Was Our Youth Podcast. Please also remember to rate, subscribe, and review on whatever platform you're listening to this to. Have a morphin' day!